Okay, you ready to jump into the Word of God? Let's go, okay? Go ahead, take your seats, get your Bibles out, and we're in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. <laughs> now, I'm not sure I should tell you this um, story, okay? I'm probably going to get in trouble for telling you this story in church, but I cannot help it. I'm just so excited about what happened last night. So I went hunting last night. I know you ladies just check out for a little bit as I tell this story because it's a hunting story. And I go hunting last night and I'm sitting in my tree stand and it's almost dark. And I'm about to hang it up because I'm just like, you know, nothing's going to happen. Nothing's coming. And all of a sudden I can see... um, Guys, if you've been hunting, you know what I'm talking about. I can see the glimpses of antlers. I couldn't see a body coming through the woods, but I could see antlers coming through the woods. And this was, these were antlers that I did not have to, like, w- wonder if this was a shootable buck or not. But I could tell it was. I didn't need to count. I could just tell by the sheer size of it that as it was coming through the woods, it was a shooter buck. And I'm getting ready to go. And I've been doing this my entire life. But... And maybe it was because it was cold, but I started to shake. (laughs) Anybody? Yes. Anybody have buck fever? Anybody gotten buck fever before? Don't don't admit it. Don't raise your hand. Okay, you. The lady in the back raised her hand. You can admit it, but the guys cannot admit that they've gotten buck fever. Well, I literally am shaking so hard that I'm. And this 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 buck is coming towards me, and I cannot pick up my bow. I'm shaking so bad, and I'm like, Phil, get a hold of yourself, calm down. But the thing was massive as it's coming through the woods, and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, if I try to get my, it's going to make so much noise, he's going to run away. And so I'm like trying to calm myself down, and the deer's coming. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm not joking, all of a sudden, I saw this like amazing Light And it was weird. It was like, you know, some helicopter was flying over filming the whole thing or something for National Geographic or something like that, you know. And this, this, this light appears before me, and it keeps coming closer and closer. And now I'm kind of freaking out because I don't want to, like, take my eyes off of the buck because he's coming closer. But I don't want to, like, miss whatever's happening in the galaxy here, you know. And so this light comes down, and an angel appears to me. I'm dead serious. An angel appears to me and says, calm yourself, oh favored one. I, listen, you're, I don't know what you're laughing for. This is serious stuff. This angel says to me, just calm yourself. Do not be afraid of my presence. I said, I'm not afraid of your presence. I have buck fever. Can you not see this buck down here? She goes, that's why I'm here. I'm here to let you know that you will calm yourself. And I will let this deer, this buck, this 16-point buck, stand 20 yards from your tree stand until you calm yourself. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For I am here with good tidings of great joy (laughs) that you will deliver this. You will get this buck. And so I'm like, (laughs) awesome. And the buck comes 20 yards in front of me and stops at broadside. And just stands there and doesn't just stand there. He goes like this. And he looks right up at me like, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm a gift from the Lord for you. And my spirit calmed and I reached for my bow and I pulled and let go and I harvested a 16-point 
buck. I mean, how amazing is that? And the angel was still with me, and the angel said to me, here's what I want you to do. You are a messenger now. And I want you to tell everyone in the con- this is where I'm going to get in trouble, okay? I want you to tell everyone in the congregation that if they will follow my word and they will follow my commands, then I will produce a 16-point buck for them too. In fact, when they die and go to heaven, if they follow me with all their hearts for the rest of their lives, they will receive 10 16-point bucks in heaven every year for their faithfulness. Believest thou me? <laughs> well, I have proof if you don't think it's true. Here's a picture of me with my 16-point buck last night right there. Check it out. It's proof. It's real. Some of you are doubters. Some of you are like, he, this is not true. It's true. Everything I told you is true. Believe. Believe me. Now, Brian, you're a hunter, and you, you, you look like you don't believe me. So I have something else for you, okay? I have this to offer you. And if I told you that if you will eat this, you will become a god, and you will live forever, and you will change the course of all humanity, would you believe me? Oh, no. Anybody else want to try? Did this ever happen? And did somebody actually believe? So how do you know? How do you know if you take a bite of this, you won't live forever and become a god? and change the course of all humanity. How do you know? You got a choice to make, right? How do you decide whether or not Phil really got a 16-point buck? <laughs> and an angel made it happen. How do you decipher between the two? We're going to learn about that today as we open up the word of God, how can we as Christians decipher, don't eat my apple, I need it for second service, sorry. <laughs> how do we decipher between what is true and what is false, but better yet, how do we know, how do we determine between what is of God and what is not of God? Well, John tells us how in the fourth chapter but he starts in chapter 3, verse 24, and he says, this is how you know, look at it, we know it by the spirit that he gave us. And we just saying about legitimate children of God, if you're a legitimate child of God, then you get to stand for all the rest of eternity and say, I am a child of God no matter what anybody else says. God calls me his child, and I am his child. Well, I want you to know that if you are one of the legitimate children of God, then at the point of salvation, at the time of salvation, the scripture teaches that you received the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. 
Legitimate children possess the Holy Spirit inside of them, and the purpose that Jesus gave his Holy Spirit to us is to comfort us, the scripture says, to strengthen us, to help us in our times of trial. But most importantly, John 16, 13, Jesus said this, he will guide you into how much truth? Into all truth. John says in 1 John 3.24, how do you know that you're children of God? How do you know? How do you know if you are or you aren't? Do we just gotta guess our way through the rest of our life here until we get to heaven and find out? Is that how God wants it? No. You know this by the spirit that he gives you. In fact, Romans 8.16 says that his spirit bears witness to our spirit that we are the sons of God. That's how we know that we are in Christ because of the spirit that he gave us and many other ways that we have been learning all along here. But how can you discern between the spirit of of lies and the spirit of truth? How can you discern between truth and error? We do it, John says, by the spirit within us who will guide us into all truth. And John calls it the testing of the spirits. Look at verse one of 1 John 4. By the way, that's the title of the sermon. I couldn't come up with anything more clever <laughs> like I need to. In fact, your Bible heading probably says, test the spirits or testing the spirits. This is what this is all about. And John wants us to, to jump into this. And look at verse one of 1 John 4. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So John is transitioning us from the work of the Holy Spirit that lives in us and guides us and reminds us and helps us understand that we are his children to the work of unholy spirits that are at work in false teachers that lead people into thoughts and beliefs and attitudes and actions that are ungodly, unbiblical, He's gonna call them antichrist. And his cry to the believers in the church, the cry to us today is, dear friends, um, some of your Bibles might say beloved. He's talking to the believers with a very compassionate heart and he's crying out to us and he's saying, beloved, don't believe every spirit out there. Test them. Put them all to the test to see if they are true, to see if they are of God or not, because it's important that we know. Now that word test, um, you can write this down, I've got it on the screen for you, is to prove with careful scrutiny. In fact, if I was gonna read straight from the Greek New Testament, it would read something like this, scrutinize these things, these spirits, test them and keep on testing them. Stay on your guard, stay on your feet, and test everything. Don't be gullible. <laughs> Don't believe people's stories about 16-point bucks, especially if there's angels involved. <laughs> Don't believe everything you see. You can't trust that all the time. Don't believe everything you hear. Just because somebody says it doesn't make it true, right? So test it. Test the ideas, test the philosophies, test the attitudes and the teachings that are all around us. Test the stories and the testimonials of people. 
Don't just believe it. Well, they said it happened. Hmm. Test them all. And the answer as to why test them all and why is this so important, John says, is to see if they are from God or not. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. And look at verse, four, uh, verse one again of first chapter four. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There's something going on in the world that requires God's people to test everything. And that's what we're gonna be working on this week and next week. But right now, um, we're gonna come back to 1 John 4, but I want you to jump over to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Paul's uh, writing to a young pastor named Timothy and who's trying to do a good job pastoring his church in a very hard time for the church. And this is what he says to him, 1 Timothy 4.1. Now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from the true faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Are you following this? Are you with me on this? This is like shocking to me. That Paul is saying that the Holy Spirit has made something clear to him. And therefore, the Holy Spirit is making it clear to us that when we get into the last time, people are gonna turn away from the truth. They're gonna be following deceptive spirits and teachings that come from who? From demons. These people, so what's happening is that there is something happening in the spirit world that's being translated into the physical world through people. We would call them false prophets or false teachers peddlers of another truth. And these people are hypocrites and liars and their consciences are dead. He says this is going to happen in the last days. Therefore, it means that it's happening right now. Because brothers and sisters, whether you believe it or not, we are in the last days. We're very close to the soon return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which means we're very close to the rapture of the church These things are happening right now. Many false prophets following deceptive demonic teachings are out there leading people away from God to their own demise, to their own destruction. Of course, that's the plan. It has been the plan in the demonic world from the very beginning. But in these last days, John wants us to test everything because like never before, and I believe this with all my heart, the demonic spirits are releasing their hounds on the world, even in the church. But wait a minute, Phil. You lied to us at the very beginning of the sermon. How do we know that what you're telling us about the end days and demonic spirits entering into false prophets trying to lead people astray, how do we know that all of that is true? How do you know? Test it. Test it against God's word. Test it against the truth of God's word. Test everything. Don't believe anything, no matter who it comes from. 
Test it all. Test what I am saying. I've had some of you come up to me from time to time and say, I'm not sure you said that right. And challenge me on what I say. That's a great thing. That means you're being a Berean. That means you're going home and you're studying the word of God. That means that you're looking at, you're not just believing it because I say it. That would be foolish. Test everything, John says. Test what your pastor says. Test what your life group leader says. Test what, I almost said Billy Graham, but he's with the Lord right now and he's glorifying the Christ right before his face. Test everybody out there. Your, your favorite Bible teacher, test them. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in this world. I mean, does any of, do any of you know somebody who spoke the truth, the truth of God's word, preached it their entire lives only to turn from it later on in their old days and come up with some new gospel and some new teaching that is not part of God's word? Anybody know anybody like that? I can name off several people, and it breaks my heart because they were so faithful to the word for all their lives. And something got into them. Some new idea came along and made sense to them somehow, and then they begin to preach that, and they begin to propagate that idea, and it's against the scriptures, and it's leading people away. They spend their entire lives leading people to Jesus, and now they start to spend the backside of their life leading people away from Jesus. How heartbreaking. But that happens and that's why we're called to test it all. And in these last days that we're living in, the competition between what is right and what is wrong is stronger than it's ever been. And the Bible teaches us that people will depart from the faith and they will be drawn away and deceived by demonic spirits, many times, many times disguised as angels. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, Paul tells us that Satan masquerades as a little guy in a red suit with horns and a pointy tail and a pitchfork. So you'll see him coming. No, 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 no. He masquerades as an angel of light. And his demonic cord follows right along. Did you know that the Mormons believe that their founder, Joseph Smith, was directed by an angel to a secret place where a series of golden scrolls were kept and he was given some magic spectacles and you couldn't read these scrolls and interpret and translate these scrolls unless you had these magic spectacles. So he was the only one who could interpret what these scrolls were saying and a whole new gospel was born. And millions of people have followed down that wrong path that wrong teaching about the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know if you've ever studied much about Mormonism, but very, very si lots of similarities. They even use portions and parts of the Bible that we have here, but they add other things into it. And this is all Joseph Smith, who had an appearance of an angel who came up with a new religion, a new gospel. It happened September 21st, 1823. Hmm. Now the spirit tells us clearly that in the last times they will turn away from the true faith and they will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from demons. Muslims believe that their prophet Muhammad got the Quran from the angel Gabriel. Let me ask you a question. Is there an angel named Gabriel? 
Yes, there is. We can know that because it's in God's word. And so evidently, this angel Gabriel came before Muhammad and gave him a new revelation from, I'm doing this on purpose, from God. That happened in A.D. 610, and a whole new religion was born. You know, if those two leaders had just read from the one and only book of God, the one and only book that God wrote by his spirit, and not listen to the angel that appeared to them, they would have read this in Galatians 1.8. If we, Paul says, or even an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. Paul says, if I come to you with any new gospel, don't have anything to do with me. If even an angel comes to you and says, behold, highly favored one, I've got a new message for you. You say you are a demon cursed from God. You do not believe it if it's not in accordance with God's word. Don't believe every spirit, John says. Test it. And man, if we ever needed spiritual discernment, it's today, right? In the world in which we live where, I mean, it's a mess. We're going to talk about all of that as we go down through this. Jay Adams, you may know who he is. He wrote this about spiritual discernment. This is his definition the spiritual ability to distinguish God's thoughts and ways from all others. So discernment that we need is the spiritual ability to distinguish God's thoughts and ways from all others that are out there. That's what John's talking about. It's a spiritual ability given to us by the Holy Spirit so that Ephesians 4.14, we are no longer infants being tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And there's a test, John says, that we can put all the false teachings and all the false philosophies through. Things like, can I give you some that are big ones, that are big ticket ones? Things like salvation by works or salvation by merit. That's a big one. That's a big one in this part of the country, by the way. Actually, it's a big one in every other religion other than biblical Christianity. There is some element where you have to earn your way. You have to do enough good in order to make it to heaven. The notion that I can do enough good to earn my way to heaven into God's favor, that if I just go to church enough, if I give enough money to people in need, If I'm good to my fellow man, then in the end, I will stand before God someday and he'll weigh my good and my bad and he'll let me into heaven if I do enough good. It's this, I can get to heaven on my own. Truth or error? Error. You can't do enough good to get to heaven. All of our righteousness, the scripture says, anything we try to do good in order to earn favor with God is filthy rags, the scripture says. You cannot do it. It is only through the righteousness of Christ and the shed blood of Jesus Christ and his perfection that gives us even a chance of getting into heaven through our salvation in him 
not by works. The scripture is clear. The salvation comes by grace through faith alone. And the faith that you have given, have to believe has been given to you. It's not even of your own. It's not of works. Salvation does not come from works. It is the gift of God so that no one can boast before him like, look at me. I got myself there. No, you cannot get yourself there. And if you are believing the lie that you can, then you're heading towards a Christless eternity. that's being taught to us. It's a lie that is as old as the Garden of Eden and the Tower of Babel. I can make my way there. I can do it on my own. How about this one? Uh, That's works-based salvation. How about works-based sanctification? I might not be able to save myself. Okay, I get that. But my righteousness is up to me. In fact, I've got to do right from the time of my salvation. God gives me salvation, but I've got to do right until I get to heaven so I make sure I get to heaven. And as long as I do enough good and I do enough good works in that time span from my salvation, I'll get into heaven. Otherwise, I'm not sure if I will or not. I've got to go to bed every night wondering whether I will or not. That's, that's a different kind of gospel than the Bible teaches. In fact, we know I can tell you that if you're trying to be godly on your own, you're failing every day, guaranteed, because you can't do it on your own. All of your righteousness that you produce for God, anything right you do for God has been given to you through the power of the Holy Spirit that is at work in you to produce those things of righteousness. You can't do it on your own. In fact, Colossians 2.6 says this, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus, the Lord, as you come to him, so walk in him. You didn't do anything to earn his salvation, and that's how you walk in him. You do it in the power. You don't do it in your own power. You do it in the power and strength of the Holy Spirit. The same way we get into Christ is the same way you live for Christ. We don't do it in our own strength. We do it by the power of the Holy Spirit at work in us to give us a righteousness that is not our own. Remember, he imputed his righteousness to us. We didn't earn it. It was imputed to us as salvation. And then the righteousness, the ability to live a righteous life and grow in sanctification is given us through the power and strength of the Holy Spirit as we submit our will to the word of God. That's how it happens. So many people are being taught that, man, and they go through life worrying all the time about whether or not they're gonna make it to heaven. I don't know. I gave my heart to Jesus, but I'm not sure I'm being good enough. That's, that's not what the Bible teaches. Here's another one. Do I even wanna crack this one open? Yes, I do. because it's huge right now. Morality is a personal issue. That's what we're being taught. I mean, this is everywhere. Morality is what I say it is. So, guy with guy, girl with girl, um, me with her before marriage, God have anything to say about that? Eh, it's whatever I feel like doing, you know. Me with her while I'm married. 
do I need to go on? I mean, I can go on. I can keep cracking this thing open and go further and further with just the weirdness, the crazy weirdness that is the result of morality being up to me. Because morality being a personal issue is saying, I'm gonna do whatever works for me and it's none of your business. And what we're being taught now is that if we speak a truth against any of these things, then we're hateful people and it's called hate speech and we're not being inclusive. And so there's this weird thing going on in our culture right now because morality is up to the individual. There is no morality. There is no black and white. Here's another one. Truth is unknowable. Truth is relative. That's postmodernism. Truth is what I say it is or how I feel about it. Really? Really? Okay, let's, let's just do this test. How about this? You get into a plane without a parachute, climb to 20,000 feet, and jump. I want to be the one interviewing you on your way down about the truth of gravity. <laughs> yeah, but I don't feel like gravity's a reality today. Okay, well, you will soon. <laughs> when, when your brain is introduced to your knees. Do you see, it's foolishness, and we, we laugh as though it's foolishness, but this is happening all the time. So how do we know, how do we know what is true? Well, look at verse two. We know it is true by recognizing the spirit of God, the work of the spirit of God. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. He's getting ready to show us how to know if the spirit of God is in something or not, okay? He's setting us up for that. And before we go any further, I want you to notice that he doesn't want our focus to be on the false spirits as much as on the true work of the spirit. But write this down. Every spirit that is not of God is against God and is false and is demonic. And you need to understand that that is happening everywhere around us. And starting with verse two, we can put these spirits to the test with five questions. And we're only gonna get to one today, and I will come back next week and finish it up, okay? So let's work on these questions that John gives us to be able to test the spirits. You up for it, you guys? You wanna know? I mean, this is so cool. If you get these, if you get these and write them down and get them in your pocket, you'll be able to test anything out there against these things. Here's the first one, and the most important of all, and that's why it's first. Here it is. Does the work or the teaching exalt the true Jesus Christ? That's the very first test. Does it exalt the true Christ and his gospel? Look at verse two. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So I just want to say to you and proclaim to you what John is proclaiming, that a true work of the Spirit shines the spotlight on Jesus Christ. The true work of, the, of, of God directs everyone to Jesus Christ, lifting high the name of Jesus Christ. All false religions and all false teachers will diminish or distort the truth about Jesus Christ in some way, even if it's little. 
I came across this definition of what we're talking about in my study this week, and I want to share it with you. To deny, denounce, or dilute the biblical teaching on the person of Christ is blasphemy, heresy, and error of the highest order. Look at verse 3 of 1 John 4. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Anyone who denies or messes at all with the biblical teaching on the person of Christ, whether it be his humanity or his divinity, is not from God. If you mess with that, you're the Antichrist. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. Every religion out there messes with the humanity or the deity of Jesus Christ. Every single one of them which makes every single one of them outside of biblical Christianity, false teaching, false religions, false doctrines. That's why we put such an emphasis here and make sure that everything we do exalts the name of Jesus Christ. Every song we sing, every lesson we teach, every activity we have, we exalt the name of Jesus Christ. And when we don't, you need to challenge us. If we, if we start doing something that's like, challenge us on it. Because this is what we're all supposed to be about. In fact, anyone who denies or messes with it is an antichrist. Look at verse three again. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. I'm gonna work on landing this plane right now, okay? Um, I just want to say to you that there's, there's no wiggle room here. At all. Well, you're being pretty ex exclusive, Phil. Exactly. I, I just need you to, to know that I don't know what else to say except that there is no truth outside of the word of God. And for centuries, people have been trying to add to this or take away from this in order to preach another gospel or preach another teaching and add to it, even like a people I showed you that said that angels brought it to me, angels told me. Well, no, an angel probably did. But we know, John is letting us know that demonic spirits are appearing to people and giving them new teachings and giving them new ways to draw people's hearts and keep them blind from the truth of God's word. But the Bible is clear that only through Jesus Christ can you come to the Father. I am the way, he said, the truth and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. You can't, there is no other way to come except through me. I am the light of the world. You have to come to me, and I will give you entrance into heaven, or at least the possibility of an entrance into heaven. We're a mess in the truthless culture that we're living in today.
I want to say this, and I, 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 um, I'm not saying it in a condemning way. I, I'm just saying that the church of Jesus Christ needs to be awake. We need to have our eyes open. You, it's, it's not okay to go through the world right now, right now, and just be like, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. If you live in that bubble, my friend, I'm telling you this, not because you need to become some maniac on all this stuff like I am. What I'm saying to you is, I, if you don't have your eyes open, there's gonna be a massive rude awakening for you as this world gets, gets worse and worse. And I'm concerned for several believers and their hearts that because you're not prepared, because you're not seeing it coming and trying to figure out ways to combat the thing that is coming, which is what I'm doing with you today and warning you of this stuff that is here, then you'll get so messed up and so discouraged and so, I mean, I'm learning right now how not to be angry in my spirit over this because I'm realizing that What's happening in the world is happening and they can't help it. They, the, the people in the world do not have the spirit of God to help them combat the deception that's coming. And so they're believing the things, we're gonna see this next week, they're believing the things that the world is trying to say to them because they can't help it. And why am I mad at that? because it's just the way I'm put together. And so I'm trying to work on the way that I'm put together because I don't want to do the thing that comes natural to me. I want to do the things that comes supernatural to me. And I'm learning, but the way that I'm learning is by coming up against the frustration, coming up against the disappointment in the world that I'm living in, coming up against the blatant immorality that is being put right before our children. Sometimes I say things to you guys and like a whole group of you look at me like you're making that up. And I've even had some of you come and say, that's not true, Phil. Tell me that that's not true. And I have to say, open your eyes, sister. Open your eyes, brother, because it's happening. I was looking over the shoulder of a, a, a child, like a six-year-old little girl, precious little girl. And she was doing what kids do now. She's doing what parents tell their kids or give their kids to do, okay? I mean, when I was a kid, I had to just like sit there and come up with things to do in my head or, you know, color. Now we have iPads and iPhones, My friends, if you, if you're, I'm, man, am I ever sounding like my father right now. <laughs> but I, with all my heart, with all my heart, okay, because of what we're talking about here, if you're just letting your kids open up their phone, open up their iPad, and watch what is going on out there, children's ministry, children's programming, children's things, I, I was only what, looking over this child's shoulder for just a couple of minutes, and I saw some things that were horrendous, that this little innocent child, this little six-year-old precious little girl was letting her eyes see. 
And it was all about transgenderism. It was all about all this stuff. They, I'm telling you, my friends, they are trying to infiltrate the minds of our children in order to change the culture. And it's, it's demonic. It is, de- it is a demonic attack on all society, the world society, to bring it down and to get it base and to get it away from the things of God. They're not just coming after you. In fact, they're bypassing us. And they're targeting our children now. They're even telling our children that the history books of the things that you and I, you, we read about our nation and about the things of the world did not happen. It's not true. So you need to all go back to history class because, and learn the new history because all the old history is bad. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me, okay? Truth is not found inside of a person. You hearing me? That's Gnosticism. We've already been there and done that, okay? Truth is found outside of ourselves and outside of our wisdom, not inside of ourselves. Well, how can you say that, Phil? Because the Bible says that you can't trust your heart and you can't trust your mind because you are depraved. You can't trust, our hearts are, come on, anybody want to tell me what they are? Deceitful, deceitful, which means they're trying to trick, it's trying to trick us. It's deceitful above all things. Who can know it? And it's desperately wicked. Man, isn't that just a testimonial right there of how desperately we need Jesus and what he's done for us? But listen, the reason, the reason we have history books that tell us what happened, they're records of what actually happened, and the reason we have God's word from God who tells us what happened so that we can know how to live today and tells us how to live is because we can't trust this in here to figure out how to live. Wisdom, truth, does not found inside of ourselves. We don't determine inside our hearts and minds what is right and wrong. This is the way history has always presented truth. It's the way that the Bible has always presented to truth, to, presented truth to us. There really is light and darkness, black and white. There really is good and evil. There really is God and Satan. There is a literal eternal heaven and a literal eternal hell and you and I and every person walking the face of the earth better figure out how to get out of one and get into the other or else you're gonna miss everything good that this world has to offer and everything good that the life after this earth has to offer. But that's what we're talking about, isn't it? It's Satan and his demons and the systems he's created in this world and the false prophets that they're inspiring to bring a false message to the people of the world to keep them out of heaven. This is a real thing. There's demonic spirits presenting themselves right now 
And we need to be on our guard. We need to stand with the truth against the move of Satan. We better be sharpening our minds, my friends, on the truth of God's word. Otherwise, you can be deceived also. How do we know how to combat? How do we know how to test the spirits? We know it because we know the word, because we can recognize a move of God to know whether or not this move is not of God. Let me say this too as I bring this to a close. Did you know that um, the premier priority of the Holy Spirit himself who is the third person of the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I don't understand how they're all one God. There are not three gods in heaven. It's called the Trinity. It's the one God, the triune God. They, they function and manifest in three persons, but they are one God, okay? I don't know how to figure all that out, but that is what the truth tells us, the Bible tells us. But the Holy Spirit of God, the third person of the Trinity, who is God, has one premier priority, and that is to point the world to Jesus Christ. You ever thought of that? He does not elevate himself, ever. In fact, Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 14, the helper, my Holy Spirit, he will glorify me. That's what Jesus said. The work of the Holy Spirit will always glorify Jesus Christ. He will take of what is mine and he will declare what is mine to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, Chuck Swindoll said it really well. He said it this way. Mark it down. The Spirit glorifies Christ. I'll go on to step further. If the Holy Spirit himself is being emphasized and magnified in the work, then he, the Holy Spirit, isn't in it. In other words, if the Holy Spirit, if any movement or any teaching is elevating the Holy Spirit above Jesus Christ, then the Holy Spirit, you can say, is not in that work because the work, the premier job of the Holy Spirit is to exalt Christ. Even in our lives, he's supposed to bring back to remembrance everything that who said? That Jesus said. His work in bringing us the scripture, which we're gonna talk about next week, was to inspire people to write the scriptures. And all the scripture points to the Lord Jesus Christ. He does his work behind the scenes, never in the limelight. So a true work or a true teaching of the spirit exalts and points people to the biblical Christ and affirms the truth of the gospel. And this is where we'll pick it up next week. So let me say something to you right now. I said a lot already this morning, and if at any point your heart challenged you about your salvation, because maybe you grew up in a religious culture where you had to earn your salvation, or you had to do enough good to keep your salvation, um, we want to talk to you about that and help you with that. Because salvation is not of us. If somehow, in some time in the sermon this morning, your heart challenged you um, 
because you've never really known the truth about salvation. Maybe you're new to this thing of church and you're hearing some things for the first time. I want you to know that today is the day of salvation for you, that you can reach out to the Lord today and receive him as your savior. And we wanna help you with that. Whether you're here in the room, at home or wherever you are online, joining us online, if you don't have Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, then you need him. You need him more than anything else this world has to offer. And it will change your life and it can happen today. We'd love to help you with that. Just reach out to us, all right, at the end of the service. Reach out to us online. We're here to help you in any way we can. You okay? (laughs) Hey, wait till next week. We got more to dive into next week. Let's stand together and let me pray over you as you go. Our Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. Lord, more than anything, I thank you that we actually have your word that we can trust when we're surrounded by everything that we can't. And so um, help us in this. Help us to become students of your word, to be able to detect the spirits that are at work that are against you, that are anti-Christ. And help us to be agents of change in a world that desperately needs truth because we are people, we are bearers of the truth. So help us to gird ourselves with the belt of truth this week. Be in your word this week so that we can be armed with words that you speak, the words of life for all those who need to hear in our world. And help us to live it the way you want us to live. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. God bless you, my friends, as you go. Love you.